Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and today I am here with Carly Myers, a return guest that was uh, demanded by our audience, you guys. We brought her back just to talk to you. And today we're going to discuss with her how to have healthier relationships. But before I swing into that, I'd like to invite you into deeper relationship with yourself. Grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and write down this URL, superpowerquiz.us. This quiz answers the question, what is my number one spiritual superpower? And if you spend a couple of minutes with this quiz, you will come away with insights into what your particular giftedness is in this world. It's like taking a look in the esoteric mirror. And it I find it's very helpful to recognize your giftednesses and your strengths because then you can begin to value them and cultivate them as opposed to simply continuously working on your weaknesses. <laughs> and not that it's a bad thing to work on the places where we feel like we need more, or we need more support, but don't neglect your strengths. The strengths are the easiest things to cultivate and the things that get you the greatest payback. So superpowerquiz.us. And F, now that I've done that, <laughs> now that I've done that, uh, let me introduce our guest today. As the founder of the Stress Less Company, Carly Myers is an expert at helping leaders who have experienced a devastating past challenge deal with the day-to-day -day stress in a way that creates a satisfaction creates satisfying results, such as improved sleep, increased income, fulfilling personal relationships, and more. Carly, a diplomat of the American Institute of Stress and a, and a certified Safe Conversations workshop leader and facilitator, has had her work most recently featured in the media outlets such as Parade, Fox, Good Day Philadelphia, The Maui News, Holy Mag and Holy Magazine wholly spelled with a W. <laughs> uh, Carly is also the creator of the Stressless Method, a signature five-step process that has guided leaders through the steps they need to take to experience true emotional freedom. Learn more about her method at, well, and you can check the show notes for, <laughs> for the link on that. Uh, Carly, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to talk with you again. I know we had so much fun the last time around. And I love this topic um, because, A, we walk around with too much stress in the world. And the majority of that comes from unhealthy relationships, relationships where we've been putting up and shutting up. Um, and uh, anything we can do to improve those situations is is a joy and a blessing because there's enough stress that happens just because life is life without having an unhealthy relationship or relationships adding to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just for contact context, 
there was a survey done um, October 2022, so the end of last year, that surveyed you know people to figure out okay what are the top stressors in the United States and relationships were number four they made it the top five um, and what was the other statistic that I heard from that I think it was that same study it was that seventy four percent of people say that their relationships when they're healthy help them better cope with stress so it makes the stressors like money and job pressure and personal health concerns, right? Things like that. Those are the right. top three. So much easier when we have those those healthy relationships to lean on. Yeah. I, and I can attest to that from my own personal life because my first marriage was a shit show. And how did just, it was like competitive within the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was just not supportive in so many ways. I can't even begin to count. Um, but my second marriage is like the rock. It's the ballast in my life. And all of the storm can happen around it. And my that's solid. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Not only do I not have to worry about that, but I have a partner who's in it with me. And we're rowing the same direction. Yeah. It's so funny or so interesting to me that you bring up that there was sort of this like struggle that was happening in your first marriage um, because you're, what you're actually referencing is the stages of, of relationships. Um, so there's three stages that most relationships go through. So the first stage is um, romantic love, or it's sort of yeah. like the, I'm intrigued, right? Cause it doesn't just yeah. apply to romantic, right? It's yeah. like, Oh, you're a mystery. You're exciting. This is really, really good. The endorphins are going. Yeah. I see really cool things about you. All the possibilities yeah. are out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the first stage. And then, so some people call it the honeymoon, right? And then yeah. we get to the second stage and the second stage is the power struggle. Yeah. Every reality, reality sets in. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we discover that this person, we had this sort of fantasy or idea of in our heads of, of who that person was, not necessarily, yeah. they aren't actually that, but we had this idea of who they were. Um, and then we realize, oh, they're not that. And so yeah. we're disappointed. And so the power struggle starts to, to come in where we're trying to change the other person or we're upset because they're not who we thought we were, who, who we thought they were. Right. And so we go back and forth this objection to difference. Um, and you know, if we're lucky, not everybody makes it past the power struggle. Well, and lucky, sometimes then... it's good not to make it past the power struggle because in that first relationship, I discovered a number of things about him. That's like, Oh, he is not the right partner for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the first stage is really great. The second stage reveals the truth. And then the truth is like, this isn't a good fit. Right. So yeah. if we're lucky or unlucky. Right. Um, but there is a third stage. I want to say lucky because if we get to the third stage with somebody, it is really, really beautiful. And it sounds like you've got this third stage, which is the companionate yes. love. This isn't the, the fireworks, the butterflies. It's not that it's this deeply grounded, safe, connected, intimate love that has the capacity to last a lifetime. It's, yeah. it's stable. It's the, predictable. The life companion. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of the stages. Um, and these stages, I want to give credit where credit is due. 
um, were really developed and, and brought to the world by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Punt through their work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it starts with that, that romantic love moves to the power struggle. And if we're lucky to find someone to get to that third stage with, it is that real companionate love. And that's, that's the, I think the fairy tale love, the real fairy tale love. Yeah. This is the happily ever after. ever after. Yeah. Yes. And, and I will attest, we went through what I call like an entry phase <laughs> where, you know, you you're in real life, you've gotten married and you're adulting together now. And mm-hmm. it there's, there is a stage where there's a negotiation. It's like, yeah. You know, I know your mother did all of the housekeeping and all of the things around the house, but we're a two-career couple. And so mm-hmm. that's not going to work. How do we, yeah. you know, divvy this up? What are you able and willing to do? What am I able and willing to do? And uh, yeah, you eventually settle into something that works for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that you say that too, because what that speaks to is again, the vision that let's say your husband had of you and how you were going to show up and then your vision of him and how he was going to show up. And so you have to take those visions out of our, uh, out of your minds and bring them into conversation. And you said, negotiate and to create the actual reality that you both feel really good about. Yeah, exactly. And and (laughs) it takes some, you know, real concrete conversations and some skills to negotiate those, because I think a lot of times we're not taught Mm -hmm. how to have conversations with people when we don't agree. And and we revert to childhood playground stuff like, well, you're just so mean and nasty. It's like, no, it's not about mean and nasty. It's, you know, about let's, let's get our differing perspectives out there. Let's find something that's going to work for both of us. Yeah. It's, it's so true though, where we aren't taught it's, it's wild that we aren't really taught how to be in healthy relationship or how to be in healthy connection. And that's exactly why I spent all of 2022 working with Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt to learn, to become certified, um, as a safe conversations facilitator and and workshop leader, because so many people, including myself, were never taught how to communicate in a healthy way. And especially when we have difference, like one of the things that they found in the research is that, you know, the number one reason that people fight is objection to difference. And so Mm. Right. Because difference, I mean, that's how we're hardwired. It's, it's a survival mechanism. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Uh, um, f- strange others are dangerous is like the biological wiring. And so mm-hmm. to work beyond that, it, it literally does take work. It takes yeah. work. And, and yeah, and, and, and the tool, tools like safe conversations where we can, um, like the, what I love about safe conversations is that it's like, it's a system. It's a structure. And the brain, right? We said the brain doesn't like difference. The brain doesn't yeah. like change, unpredictability, right? So like there's safety in the structure. So we can call like, we can just oh, like, okay, I know what I'm going to say first. There's mm-hmm. some sentence stems and things like that. So like, I know what my sentence stem is and I know how they're going to respond. Yeah. And so that creates sort of a sense of safety in being able to have those really difficult conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it it's interesting. I did find, well, we did find, it was a, a joint effort. We did find a way to, to talk our way through it. And I think a healthy dose of that was really listening to what the other person was saying. Yes. Yeah. 
it's, it's like, every time I say that, or, or I hear someone say that, I'm like, what? Like, I want to be sarcastic and be like, this crazy new concept where crazy new concept talks. of, yeah. And, and yeah. receiving everything they say yeah, and, and not yeah. just being up in your mind going, well, how am I going to counter that? And what have I got? Yeah. No, let, yeah. let them get it out. <laughs> and then ask them to let you get it out and then mm -hmm. now let's sort through all the pieces now that we have them on the table <laughs> yeah exactly like the crazy concept where one person talks and one person listens what but, you know like it it's so funny though because you know we've been trained in monologue we've been trained in something called um it's also been called um parallel dialogue where you've mm. got two people who are talking like that's how many of us were raised and we see it in, in sitcoms and things all the time, right? Oh, like, yeah. You know, oh, you know, oh, I can't believe that that person didn't call me back for a second date. And then the other person's like, this coffee is disgusting. And then the first person continues and is like, but they weren't even that hot. And then yeah, the it's like, is there coffee, something you know? wrong with the coffee maker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we see lots of examples of not connecting. And we also see lots of examples of, quote unquote, winning the conversation. Mm -hmm. that's that it's a that's a red herring there's nothing to be won by having the last word in a conversation yeah it's, it's, we ask this is something that you know i try to ask myself a lot um and i invite other people to ask um related to this is you know do do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship because those two things those are different there right? it's a very different objective exactly yeah. because you know we're and a lot different. of people out there are going both i want both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i am right you don't understand and, yeah and, and and it's difficult yeah. it is difficult to put aside the ego and and say no wait i'm going to listen to them but just because i want to be clear like just because you're listening to somebody and maybe even you can take it a step further and validate their viewpoint just because you're validating their viewpoint, just because you're maybe even empathizing. These are real challenges here. Yes. Empathizing with their viewpoint doesn't mean you necessarily agree. Right. And it doesn't mean you necessarily have to give in on the things that are important to you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We can still, we can hold a space of empathy, compassion, um, and still have Right. So it's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to accept you in all of your uniqueness. That's my commitment. Right. And then yeah. in turn, I ask that you accept me in all of my uniqueness. And when we have relationships that do that, that aren't trying to change us, it creates again, that like safe seems to be a word that I want to keep using today. Yeah. It creates that sense of safety because without that without that sense of safety, we're not going to open up. We're, or maybe we are going to, no, we're not going to open up. We're going to have the no, defense mechanism. No, we're, we're going to wear the mask. We're going to keep the heart a little bit protected. We're going to keep that little bit of distance. Yeah. And you can't have a close, loving, supportive relationship with that little bit of distance in there with that heart wall completely in place. Yeah, whether yeah. it's, yeah, whether well, it's, we tend to be the avoider, right? Like um, in safe conversations, we call those the turtles, the ones that yeah. kind of tend to I'm keep to going themselves. to just shut down and yep. you can't touch me. That's the storm will rage, but you can't touch me. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny that you say the storm will rage because the flip side of that, we call the hail storm. Mm -hmm. And that's the person who's like, 
we need to talk about this. We need to resolve this, right? I'm the one that cares. Come out of your goddamn shell and face me. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes. exactly. But, you know, the the turtle, if they're pushed to push too much by the the hailstorm, they become a snapping turtle. And same with the hailstorm. If the hailstorm's not heard, yeah, then they become, you know, a category five hurricane. And so we want to make sure that we're the turtle is able to come out of the shell in a safe way and the hailstorm is able to express what's really on their heart. Yeah, um, a, a quiet rain instead yeah. of all the yes. storm and drug. Well, we yeah. are up on our first break already. Can you believe it? Oh, um, I know. I know. And I generally assign a little something for people to do over the break, things to think about. Uh, And I guess what I would invite you to do is to think for a moment about how you approach conflict in a relationship how do you try to open the conversation to discuss something or or are you a turtle who just like is like no don't bother me with that uh spend some time around that and hang with us we'll be right back from the break Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Carly Myers. Uh, And you spent some time over the break reflecting on what your personal style has been 
in dealing with disagreement and conflict within a relationship. And I know we, we're harping on a theme of safety. It needs to be safe for people to express themselves within a relationship. So let's talk a minute about safety in relationships. How do we create that? What if we don't feel safe in our current relationship? What do we do about that? I know that's a whole pile of stuff, but let's start with the first one. Define safety in a relationship. Oh my gosh. Well, to, to define safety, we really want to think about what it's like when we don't feel safe, right? The contrast of that. What is it that comes up for us when we don't feel safe? So for me, when I don't feel safe, I've got some physical symptoms and I've got some, some thoughts that are happening in my mind. So, you know, my heart might be racing. My armpits might be sweating. I might be a little shaky. Maybe I've got this pit in my throat or my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of physical symptoms that are showing yeah. up for me. I can notice that my eye, I, my eyebrows start to clench a little bit. Yeah. More. A little bit shorter breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I might notice that my, my hands are getting more claw, like if I'm <laughs> agitated, right? Sweaty, all of that, <laughs> all of those. So we know when we're experiencing some symptoms like that, there's, there's a 10 intensity of it. Um, um, for some of us, for me, at least that I know, okay, I'm not safe. So you think to yourself, okay, when, when I felt unsafe in the past, how has that shown up on a physical, on the physical side? Yeah. Um, Well, and some of us are kind of divorced from our bodies. So what are some mm -hmm. of the other indicators if you're not like really dialed into what's going on with your physicality? Yeah. So then the other piece is, so we might be divorced from our thoughts or our bodies and it might be both. Um, But the other thing is the thoughts, right? So connecting in, maybe think back to a time in your past where you felt that negative emotion. What were the stories that you were telling yourself, right? So one of the stories that I'll tell myself when I feel unsafe is that this person doesn't like me. In fact, Mm -hmm. they might actually hate me, right? And so these aren't necessarily true, but these are stories that I begin to tell myself when I start to feel unsafe, when I start to want to exactly here it goes again I, you know this is the shit that always happens to me these mm-hmm. kinds of stories on replay yeah yeah so noticing okay you've got the physicality side if you can notice some of that notice the thoughts are there any repeating thought patterns that are coming up for you um but also you know the we are really good on a on a subconscious and sometimes conscious level of of determining if someone is safe simply by the dilation of their pupils, we can mm. tell if someone is safe or not. Um, so in some, some senses, detecting safety or, or lack thereof is, is quite an intuitive or instinctual process for us. So if we know, okay, so and, and so our- we have to respect what our intuition is telling us as well, right? Because yeah. a lot of times we're taught to ignore that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need to give him a chance, you need to, you know, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might have been a fluky one-off thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that leads me to think about the heart and the, the mind, you know, this pull, the pull between the heart and the mind or the, the gut, the intuition instinct and, and all of these things, but this and that, maybe have those like push and pull of those thoughts. Um, but, you know, safety, I think is really, really, it shows you it's, it's that, that calmness in the body. It's that hopefulness in the thoughts, mm-hmm. um, the good, the beautiful state of mind. Um, 
knowing that even perhaps if you're having a difficult conversation that that this person isn't going to abandon you or run or or blame it on you or yeah whatever the thing is yeah whatever the fear is whatever it could possibly be safety is really seeing you know again that instinctual side that the, the pupils are dilated the shoulders are relaxed there's so much um there's there's just that sense of more ease yeah. Even again, it, even if it is a difficult conversation, there's a sense of sort of reassurance that everything will be okay. Yeah. Now, if you're in a relationship where you're not feeling safe, or perhaps you have a history that has predisposed you to not feeling safe in conversation or confrontation, what what do you do about that? And I think there's probably two different things depending on which the answer which the situation is to start with but uh let's start with the first one what if you're not feeling safe in your current relationship yeah so that's that requires a lot of honesty um first and foremost to acknowledge that's a lot of courage to acknowledge that you don't feel safe on whatever level um so if you um if you're listening i just want to speak to the listeners here for a second if you're listening and you've acknowledged that you don't feel safe. I want to acknowledge you because that is a huge step. Like takes a lot of courage speaking and, as someone yeah. who's had to do that. And, and it to. can be really, really scary. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And now what? And yeah. now what? Now what do I do with this information? Yeah. What do I do with this knowledge? And what I would say is speaking from my own personal experience, having that realization, being in a relationship that just was not helpful or healthy for me, um, or safe for me, um, is the first thing that I, that I did for myself that was incredibly helpful was to give myself grace, give myself space and to, to nurture myself as much as I could to tell myself that it was so a lot of times when we realize we're unsafe, we tell ourselves a story that we must do something about it. Now we must take action. This is, we have to get out of here. We go into that really triggered state. And remember I said earlier, when we have, we're in that rep. Well, you you said brain. over the break, we didn't oh. talk about that to the listeners. So, <laughs> oh no. So I got excited over the break guys. So there's these two parts of the brain. We've got the lower part and the upper part of the brain. The lower part of the brain is that reptilian part, right? This is the survival mode. When that lower part is activated, the upper part cannot be. We don't have Mm -hmm. access to the upper part where we have the creative solutions, the ability to connect the playfulness. There's it's all that, that beautiful stuff is up here. So Uh if we feel unsafe, if we're triggered, if we're in that place, of I have to take action yesterday, I have to take action now. And we're really triggered. We're in that reptilian part of the brain and we don't have access to those creative solutions. Yeah. And we're probably not making the smartest decisions in that moment. Although Mm -hmm. sometimes it it can be life-saving decisions. Absolutely. So I don't want to completely discount that because there, your reptilian brain does have a pretty good idea of when it's a really good time to run. Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially, you know, that's the purpose of it. That really is the purpose yeah. of it. Um, so there is, there is definitely a deep survival uh, purpose. And then but yeah, there's there's like the more nuanced part of the unsafety, right? So yeah, um, and so and there so needs the to be some some uh, what do I want to say, 
some discernment around, mm -hmm. is it the moment where you need to be paying attention to the lizard brain? Is it the moment where you need to take some deep breaths and go, okay, I'm not really actually in any kind of physical danger, breathe, and we can communicate our way through this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and really moving from, from judgment to discernment. I love that yeah. you use the word discernment moving from the judgment to discernment. So no matter what, giving yourself grace, giving yourself what it is that you need to be nurtured to make whatever decisions you need to make, whether and it's that lizard brain takes over and we're out. I've been there. Very helpful. Thank you. Yes. Lizard brain, right? <laughs> yeah. If there's a little bit more planning or conversation or something nuanced that needs helpful. to happen around mm -hmm. it. Exactly. So Give us an example of what did giving yourself grace look like in your particular unsafe situation? Yeah. So for me, I had sort of a, a moment. I had gotten in an argument with, with one of my former partners and um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty wonderful support network. And so I had gotten in this argument where um, I was, it started, I think I was a particular butt of a joke. And I had set a boundary that that was not something that I was willing to accept. It did not feel yeah. good for me. And so the argument kind of came out of, of me setting a boundary. And so I said, you know, I need to take some time. And I, and I called um, a friend, a mentor. And I said, hey, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. And we talked through the situation and all the nuances. And it hit me. Um, it hit me for the first time that I was unsafe, that I felt incredibly unsafe. And I had that download. And then I reptilian brain kicked in and I was like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I need to make a decision. Right. But that decision had this push and pull because I had invested so much time, so much heart energy, so much into this relationship. And so I had this push and pull about this decision. And it was quite frankly, it felt like it was terrorizing me. Right. It was really oh, yeah. a struggling, a, a difficult decision. And one of the things that um, was recommended to me and really supported me was to say to myself that I don't need to make a decision right now, that yeah. I can wait until the decision becomes clear because more information is always revealing itself. And so for me, how that showed up is saying, you know what, I'm going to let go of this push and pull that's happening internally. It's driving me mad. It makes me feel insane. I'm going to say, let me wait until there's enough information for the decision to make itself. And within 12 hours, having that realization, having that push and pull, I got exactly the information I needed. And then it was sort of a combination of this upper part of the brain and the lower part of the brain, right? Because I had mm -hmm. that reptilian instinct. I got that information and I was out, but I also had that, that creative solution piece, that grace piece where I was like, there's no need to make a decision when we're so pulled back and forth about this. Yeah. Yeah. We so that's can how it showed up for, for some me clarity. Yeah. Well, and I think that's beautiful. Um, and I guess the thing that I would like to put out there, if you are in a relationship where you feel unsafe, okay, respect that mm -hmm. knowing, because I know in my own particular unsafe relationship um, in the past, I, he had all the classical signs of an arc, 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And so everybody around him thought he was just wonderful and amazing and like walked on water and this kind of thing. But you have to really respect your own knowing and what you've seen mm -hmm. him be capable of because yes. the most dangerous point in an unsafe relationship is the moment you decide to leave and they know it mm -hmm. and yeah. so respect that and make your plans accordingly so that you are safe all the way along if you can yeah. get out before they know you're out that's a beautiful thing to do mm -hmm. and don't let them know where you're at <laughs> i mean that there are wise steps that you can take to protect yourself and to make it less likely that you'll become a statistic as you leave. Yeah. Um, and just like, well, I'll have my mom and my brother with me is not always enough. It's, yeah. it's far better to use a little caution and subterfuge and get out before they even realize and then let the, the storm happen after you're gone and they don't know where you're at. Yeah. I think that the, the key there is really the intuitive discernment yeah. about your situation. I know, um, you know, there's, I can, I can really speak to this too. You know, I think I might've shared on our, on our last and our, our last interview, our last conversation, you know, my mother's story, you know, she ended up calling it off with a boyfriend and, um, she didn't follow that sort of intuitive discernment. And, um, that, this is sort of a dramatic example, but that ex-boyfriend ended up breaking into my childhood home, killing her new boyfriend, um, trying, attacked her, tried to kill her. She, she actually died and then was revived. I mean, it was, it was yeah. a thing. And so, you know, making sure that you have, you follow that, that discernment that you, that deep knowing within you, you get what you need to, to get into place um, so that you're taken care of having yeah. that support network, how, having that sense of safety. Um, Absolutely. It's a big difference. Now, easier, easier said than done. I know this is like, it's, it's this is not, a... it's not an easy thing to do. I will. Mm -hmm. I'm the first one to acknowledge that having gone through that process. Uh, but it's the safest way to go yeah. is to do what you need to do to protect yourself from what you know that person may be capable of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we are up on our second break already. <laughs> you believe that? So we'll answer the second part of that question when we come back about, okay, if you've been in a historically unsafe relationship, how do you start to, to release some of the triggers that are, really, that are there from that so that you can actually be in a safe relationship and not see, um, what do I want to say, false flags everywhere? <laughs> All right, so hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. 
Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales and Carly Myers, and we are discussing safety and relationships. Before the break, we discussed how to get out of a bad one if it turns out that it's not a redeemable situation. So if we have that in our history and we're moving into something new, it's easy to see boogeymen where there aren't any. How do you start to, to release your tendency to look for red flags where there are none and how do you how do you get through that reality moment in the relationship where it's like oh that's who you actually are and and how do you start to to come to terms with the fact that they're not that magical person who was in your head they're actually a real human being (laughs) yeah so two part question. So I guess the, the first piece is if you're, if you're coming out of that relationship, that was quite, let's say traumatic or jarring or yeah. a lot of things unsafe. Um, how do we, how do we not be hypervigilant? I think yeah. is really the question here. Um, I think one of the things that, um, is really helpful is to take some time and, you know, maybe it's with the help of a, a licensed professional, maybe it's the help uh, with the help of a spiritual guide or a coach or someone like that, but really look back and ask yourself, what is, what are the lessons that I've learned from this? Not yeah. from a place of judgment, but from a place of discernment. I want to keep using that yeah. word, a place of grace. And you can say, what, what did I learn from this? What are the things that, what is the contrast that was shown to me? things that I absolutely do not want to experience again. And the things that I do want to experience as a result, we could kind of show us, okay, this yeah. is what I don't want. So because even, even want. in a bad relationship, there was something good. There was a reason mm-hmm. you started that relationship to begin with. And there were some good things that you were getting out of it. It's just the mm-hmm. bad things were more. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 So looking at the lessons, right? So you can see like, okay, what worked, what didn't, but also based on what didn't, 
what is the equal and opposite of that? Yeah. Well, if I don't want someone who's controlling, then I want someone who's going to create space for my freedom. Yeah. Um, if I don't want someone who makes me the butt of their jokes, then I do want someone who, um, who is maybe I do love the humor, but the humor is more general, right? They yeah. don't, we, we kind of look for that, um, more general sense of loving humor rather than like, let's say sarcasm. Um, so we can start to look at that from a discerning place, from a, a grace place. And we sort of have this guide, um, that we can sort of follow that is, focused on what we want, not what yeah. we don't want, but what we really want. And so instead of being hypervigilant and saying, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, this is a red flag. Oh my gosh, what if this leads to that? And what if that, and right, we go yeah. down a spiral. We look <laughs> at, you know, wow, this person is really funny. Wow. This person lets me be my own person. This person um, encourages me to pursue the things that make me happy. This person is a great, let's say a a great provider or maybe a great nurturer. This person has all of these really wonderful qualities. And so it has us leaning toward what it is that we want instead of, right? Because what we focus on tends to show itself. Like if I were to tell you to go outside and count how many red cars there were, you'd come back in and you say, I'd say, okay, how many blue cars were there? You'd have no idea. Yeah, because you were focused on red cars. My yeah. uh, my husband, my current husband, was absolutely fabulous when we were start first dating and, and courting because I would get into these moments where it's like, oh, my God, he's, he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The, the switch is going to happen, right? And he would be like, calm down, take a breath, repeat after me, I am not your ex-husband. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not your ex-husband. Yeah. It's so important to to note that. So like, yeah, so we start with the lessons. We look at what, what it is that we want to move forward. Because, you know, even from like a law of, uh, a law of attraction perspective, yeah. if that's something that, you know, is supportive for, for you is, you know, that's what we want to lean toward. We want to focus on that because what you focus on grows. Um, but also, you know, there's, there's, sort of a rewiring that happens in the brain when we are in those unsafe situations. And there's a rewiring in our nervous system too. So we want to acknowledge that our nervous system is now more sensitive to danger because it's been in danger for so long. Um, And it's going to take some time to heal that, to rewire it again. Right. So part of this is asking yourself, how can I create safety for myself? And, and begin taking action over and over and over again to create that safety in small ways, big ways, however it's meant to happen. Yeah. And then from, from a neural pathways perspective, rewiring those, um, you know, we've thought this one thought or two thoughts or 10 thoughts over and over again, when we were in that unsafe situation, our mind is sort of like a forest, right? We've walked down that path. We've beaten down that path. We've cleared out the foliage, right? So it's easy to walk down that path of hypervigilance, of negativity, of fear, mm-hmm. of scarcity or whatever it is. So we want to start to to create a new path. We want to get our machetes out, you know, get our <laughs> hiking boots. And, stop, and the start first time you go down that road is hard. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's going to take a lot of, it is going to take effort. It's going to take uh, you're a trailblazer in that sense. Yeah. And so one of the things that has been really helpful for me in sort of creating that new path is, um, practicing this deep awareness of the thoughts that I'm thinking. Right. So I mentioned mm. earlier that, you know, one of those thoughts that come up for me when I feel unsafe 
is they hate me or they don't like me. Yeah. Right. And so part of me recreating a stronger, different neural pathway is noticing when that thought comes up, oh, they don't like me and taking a minute to, to say, oh, there you go again. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you for for contributing. Go sit down, (laughs) little thought. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, and usually what I'll do is I'll use that as an opportunity to take two minutes, one minute to sit down and to listen to my breath or sit down and like do something that gets me present. Maybe I'm looking at my hands and I'm rubbing my hands together, right? I'm doing something to bring me back into the present moment to stop right? Because what's happening is it's almost like you're taking one foot and you're starting down that old path that's been so clear. Mm-hmm. But when and it might be it, more than one foot, but yeah, <laughs> it might be like you might be halfway down the path at that point, right? But you're stopping and you're saying, wait a second, I really want this path to grow over. I want yeah. it to get, uh, you know, unwieldy. And so I'm choosing to, it's not that you're like, oh, I'm going to go down the positive path. It could just be like, I'm just going to choose not to walk any further on this path. I'm just going to stop that thought as, as I can, um, by taking a a deep breath, looking around, maybe we're identifying five things in front of us, right? Exactly. Whatever it takes to kind of bring yourself back into the present moment. And that's one of the things that I adore about hypnosis Mm -hmm. is it allows you with a a certified professional to go into your subconscious mind into that quote-unquote dangerous jungle right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and to to remove some of the landmines that are sitting in there and i find that that helps a lot with Mm -hmm. seeing yourself before you go down that path and not being as pulled automatically down that path yes the other thing that you're reminding me of um is taking, you know, uh, those challenging times in the past where you've noticed yourself go down that hypervigilance road or that fear road is looking back at a time in the past when you've been hijacked and Mm. taking time to, to visualize a different outcome, right? So maybe in the past you got really triggered and you acted out in whatever way that looked like, whether it's hiding or or lashing out or somewhere in between. Yeah. Driving off the, the first date, the guy at the first date, because you're quite convinced he's going to be the, the ex murderer ex again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, so thinking about that, let's, let's use that as an example, right? Driving off on a first date, just disappearing, um, sitting down, visualizing that and visualizing a different ending. An ending where you were able to, where you were safe, where you're able to give yourself grace, where you showed up in your strengths, where you had that connection that you were desiring, visualizing what is what it is that you would have done differently if you were in that upper part of the brain, if you were yeah. in that creative solutions place, if you had given yourself some more grace and space. Yeah, I love that. Because the beautiful thing about imagining and really vivid imagining is you're talking to your subconscious in its language. The -hmm. language of the subconscious is imagery and feelings and sensation. It's not, you know, the words that affirmations, I'm safe, I'm, you know, whatever. It's, It's the visualizing and the feeling that's the language of the subconscious. So I love that piece of advice. That's awesome. Yeah. So from your perspective, what is it that really hurts our relationship? Because a lot of times you'll, 
you'll see stories or in your life, right, where these people were married for 35 years and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden it just goes sideways. What causes relationships to go to pieces? Um, well, I, I mentioned before, you know, the number one reason people fight is objection to difference. And so a lot of where relationships go sideways is both parties or one party of, of any relationship is objecting to the different the difference, the uniqueness of another person. Um, and, you know, you object that over and over again and that everybody's got their defenses up and, and no one's really connecting. So the flip side of that, the thing that I truly deeply believe that would make the world a better place is curiosity, right? If everyone was just a little bit more curious. Yeah. What is boy. that? Ex what is that experience like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is, tell me more about that, right? Like, tell me more about this, this really difficult thing, or tell me more about this thing you're so excited about, right? Putting, putting our stuff aside for just a second to yeah. really be curious about this other person's experience. And, and a way that I, I get a little bit more playful about this, I'll take it with a grain of salt, is that I'll sometimes think, oh, what's going on on, on planet such and such? Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that. Out. That's a good, sort of an alien, right? that's a good step into it because I know one of my indicators that it's time for me to get curious is I say something in my mind that goes, well, why the hell would they do that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does like, not oh, compute. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. It might be a good time for me to get curious because nobody does stuff without a good reason. There's always a good reason behind the choice that they made to them yes. in their context. Yeah. And so here's your opportunity to get curious about, well, what is that experience like? What brought you to the point where this is the obvious decision for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too. There's a story that I like to, to share in, with my safe conversations work and using some of the tools that I've, I've learned there. You know, there was um, a, a woman that I used to have it was sort of in my past relationship, we had a couple best friend, a couple that we would hang yeah. out with. And um, this, there was, this couple had a lot of opinions. They were very opinionated folks. And <laughs> to be fair, I was a little opinionated too. And so um, I would find that we would get in these sort of, you know, head banging, like just fists going sort of arguments with our words. And when I started to become more curious, I remember the first time um, I decided I was going to use safe conversations, some of the practices of it in a conversation with them. She, uh, this particular woman had brought up, she started talking about politics, something my heart was racing, my armpits were sweating, oh, I was triggered. My you know? God. Like, oh and my gosh. You know? Politics and, lately. Oh my God. There uh -huh. are a lot of triggers in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was, this was, this story is a couple of years old at this point. So it was at the height of the pandemic and there was a lot more even then. And um, something clicked and I was like, you know, no, Carly, become more curious. And so I started asking her to tell me more. I started asking her questions. And for the first time, something like really magical happened. So instead of her getting defensive and me getting defensive and we're just butting heads, we, she ended up feeling safe enough. And I was super honored because she, she ended up feeling safe. The conversation continued. She ended up breaking down in tears. And she told me, she said, look, I'm just, honestly, I'm just scared. I'm just terrified. I'm terrified for my family. 
and for my community, for myself. And, and it, it hit me, you know, for the first time that, yeah, her, now I don't agree with her viewpoint, but the, her viewpoint makes a lot of sense. She's scared. Yeah. And if I were that scared and I thought the same thoughts, then yeah, I might be there too. Um, and so that curiosity, instead of having politics separate us, it actually brought us closer because then I was able to see, wow, no, like I get scared sometimes too. Like she's just having a normal human response. Um, yeah, exactly. So. And and when you have understanding like that, then you're able to offer compassionate support in ways yeah. that allow people to evolve mm -hmm. and make different choices as opposed to opposing them, which kind of forces them to, to double down on the stand that they're mm -hmm. in in that moment as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I there's this sort of that. myth that, yeah, this sort of myth that if we're curious, then we're going to feed into that. But the reality is, is the more curious and connected and empathetic like more empathy we can have, the more likely we're going to be able to have those real conversations. That's where the real power is. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just step out of the interview for a second, because we're at the end of it already. And I feel like we've got so much more to discuss. How yeah. much time do you have this morning? Could we do a two-part interview? Yeah. Um, I've just got a, a 12 o'clock that I, I need. So. Oh, perfect. So we could okay. do another one. I would love to. There's so much more to dig into. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. okay. So returning back. So we're already up at the end of this first episode. And so we're going to make it a two-parter. I would like to invite you guys to take a note on your calendar. Make sure to come back here next week. And we're going to continue to discuss how we nurture healthier relationships and give you more of the, the tools that you need to really improve your current relationships and identify really good potential relationships as well. So hang with us. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 